0: You're listening to the Just Means Less ACC podcast with your hosts, Micah and Nick, and also featuring special guests, my dog Opal and cat Oscar. They probably will make an appearance at some point making some noise, but we are done with week one. Nick, thanks for holding down the fort for the preview. Life was just way too busy last week for me. Um, Obviously, it was busy for you as well, but we had a crazy week in the ACC. But before we talk about that, Nick, I got to hear, how was your first game day experience uh, working in the sidelines for Wake Forest in game one there?
1: Dude, it was it was a lot of fun. I mean, talk about right place, right time. I tweeted it from our podcast link. Uh, I tweeted it from my personal. And obviously, if you follow, if you're a Wake fan, you follow Demon Deacons. That's where you'll find my touchdown video that I took. Also, Bleacher Report College Football tweeted out the link of the video, too. Basically tweeted out the video as well. Um, I was just at the right place, right time. Uh, It was a great catch. Uh, Funny story is that the play before, Wake had a huge run down the sidelines. And I had just gotten to that spot. I didn't have my phone out ready to go yet. And luckily he was tackled and then like a player two layer, the diving catch happened right in front of me, but it was a lot of fun. I hope to do it again soon. Um, the, the student section was insane. I remember tweeting about the student section last year on the home opener. I believe that was a Friday night as Friday night against old dominion saying how, wake is alive and well with their student section it was insane like i've never seen it that packed before this year shattered that like i was so impressed last year this year it went the student section went three sections over it was nuts now some of that might have to do with the freshman class being its biggest it's ever had wake forest but still like it was awesome i got to be on the field uh, I got to talk to backup QB Michael Kern. He's one of our favorite customers that comes into the deli. So I talked to him a little bit on the sidelines, Saw Sam. Uh, so it was a lot of fun. Um, and luckily, I was able to get out of there to watch the rest of the Pitt West Virginia game on my phone. I got parked my car right in the driveway. I had it listening. It. I was listening to it in my car, parked in my driveway. Watched like the last two minutes on my phone. It was insane. Uh, but no, it was a lot of fun. I love being there. It was great. Great little experience I had. Uh, now you tell us about your first day at East Tennessee state. I know you've been very busy. I'm sure you're exhausted with the game day and all the other stuff that was happening, but how was it, Mr. Athletic director? It seems like, <laughs>
0: It was crazy, man. I don't know if you saw, but we went viral. We were on college game day. Um, my first ever touchdown with East Tennessee State University featured uh, our ROTC firing our touchdown cannon during the extra point, scaring the holder, which then caused the kicker to kick the ball into the butt of the holder or the <laughs> snapper or somebody. Um, so good thing we were playing a Division II school and they won 44-7. to That extra point did not matter. Um, but, yeah, that was um, – definitely something uh interesting to say the least um but no i mean it went went well you know it was again exhausting but i too got to watch the last couple minutes of the pit west virginia game on my phone once all the fans had left i I watched it at the stadium but i was able to watch the end of that which was awesome so you know that was a great game but you know i got to have some fun also this weekend with some acc football so that was awesome too
1: yeah um Dude, that's awesome, man. Uh, Would you, I mean, on a scale of one to 10, how would you rank this week, the first week of ACC football? Because I think it definitely blows last year's week one, like out of the water. Um, I thought like nine out of 10, like this was such a fantastic week of ACC football.
0: Yeah, in terms of fun, it was a 9.5 in terms of, for the conference's brand, it was like a seven, maybe a six, because it wasn't. We had some not so great scores and we had some pretty awesome scores. But at the end of the day, it was so much fun. I thought it was deja vu that I was driving to a Virginia game uh, with my buddy Jay, and we were watch or excuse me, we were leaving a sporting a football college ball game together, uh, watching North Carolina go back and forth. He was in the car with me uh, when that NC State North Carolina game was going on last year, Nick. Uh, so we, of course, were watching both the NC State ECU game and uh, UNC App State game while we were driving up to JMU for their first ever FBS game. And it was just felt like deja vu because we were getting almost the exact same type of treatment where it was just like, what in the world is going on? So that was awesome. I mean, all the way through. I mean, I think even yesterday's Clemson-Georgia Tech game, though, ending in a blowout, was kind of fun for about two and a half quarters. Um, yeah. You know, and, and I also, too, I mean, I hope you stayed up for it. I know I did. Watching the Kate Klubnick drive just made things way more interesting in Death Valley, um, you know, seeing what he could do. I mean, you can say it was scrub time, but that just looked different. It really did. I mean, I don't think DJ Uyunglele played bad at all, but it just something looked different with Kate Klubnick yesterday. So we'll obviously probably talk about that at some point here later in the pod. But, I mean, it was a great weekend all around, um, you know, uh, you know it, i'm excited to talk the game so before we kind of go somewhere let's let's just get all the scores out so we had west virginia 38-31 lost to pit we had wake forest take down vmi which by the way vmi why were you wearing new white helmets like that just felt wrong you're a school that always is worn gold helmets but i digress a 44 to 10 win for the deeks old dominion takes down virginia tech 20 to 17 and i may or may not have been in that frame uh, when can't
1: wait to hear that, I can't I was, wait. I
0: was in the frame in that video, Nick, if you look in the corner, you can kind of see me when, uh, why am I forgetting his name now? I won't call him Dakota Buford, but I don't think that's right. I'm drawing a blank on his name now, but you know, the one that rocked the student for old dominion, um, you know, I was kind of right there. I saw it happen live, which was kind of, pro, kind of wild. Um, I will defend. I'll, we'll get to it later. I, I, but I do have a defense for the Virginia tech player to a point. Just from my point of view of what I saw. But, anyways, Duke 30, Temple nothing. Great win to start the Mike Elko era. Syracuse 31 to seven. Nick, I don't want to say I told you so, but I told you so. I thought Syracuse was going to win this game. And
1: oh, no, I, I agreed
0: with you. Yeah, but I had to convince you a little bit because you were high on Syracuse or on you, Louisville. So, yeah, you know, we, you're we right. But I did pick Syracuse battle, to win. But, but 31-7, to not how I don't think either one of us expected that to go. Uh, North Carolina with a 63-61 win in Boone. Told you about that one as well, Nick. Boston College with a just, oh, lost to Rutgers, 22-21. Your NC State Wolfpack survived terrible special teams and a 21-20 win over ECU. Virginia takes down Richmond in a game I was also in attendance for, 34-17. to Miami takes Bethune-Cookman to the dry cleaners with a 70-13 to win on Sunday, the game that Nick and I debated, and I think we were both on the same page for, and I know I was way more hyped about what it, or I had more belief in it, but we both agreed that Florida State 24-23 win in the Superdome against LSU, and then Clemson with a 41-10 win over Georgia Tech, so Nick, take us where you want to go, where do you want to go first? I say we
1: start off with Thursday night. I think we should go chronological order, how it happened. Maybe some people forgot about the insane game that happened with West Virginia. So why don't we go ahead and just get Wake out of the way real quick.
0: Okay. Well, with Wake, I have nothing I really want to talk about. The only thing I want to talk about with Wake is that Sam Hartman's back. That's the only news we got. That's true. Sam Hartman's back for the Vandy game. Um, It's crazy how much that spread has moved already. Um, to be honest, I don't oh, think okay. he's gonna look super great this week, but I really don't have anything I want to talk about. I don't think there's anything to have learned. I mean, I think that I think the only thing we could say we learned is Mitch Griffiths is a solid backup, but again, it's VMI. I'm not I'm not deep diving that game. I mean, if you want to by all means, but um when you're a minus ten thousand to win outright on the money line, uh I don't really care to talk about your game. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean I got I really got nothing. I bring up Wake because yeah, Sam Hartman's back. Um thankfully he is back because you don't just want to throw him in against Clemson or Florida State. Uh so he's gonna get plenty of time to get some in game reps and stuff. Um, yeah, all I have is Mitch looks good, he's a decent backup quarterback. He didn't make any mistakes. Um, I think I think Wake fans need to eat a little humble pie right now like yes you're 22 it's great it's great uh you were able to watch a lot of the North Carolina teams and some ACC teams struggle this weekend while you sat on the couch that's fine but and you have Sam back, so now you think you're winning a national championship but it's okay just step on the pedal a little bit step on the brake pads a little um but yeah that's all I basically got I can't wait for the Vanderbilt game should be interesting for sure my friend, by the way, one of my college roommates, texted me. He said, dude, I got the Wake money line, or the Wake spread. Yeah, the Wake spread Uh, right before they announced that Sam Hartman was back. And then the line moved. So he got it, I think, at 13 and a half. And now I think it's bumped up. So – I mean, if you got wake minus 13 and a half before the announcement of Sam Hartman, you're lucky. Uh, but that's all I got on Wake.
0: I don't think he would have gotten it because it's at 13 now. It was at six.
1: Oh, and maybe if I missed if he got
0: r- if he got it at 13 and a half, he kind of screwed himself because it's at 13 right now.
1: Then it maybe I missed it was a group chat, so maybe I misread it, but maybe he got it at six, and then he said it was at 13 or a
0: half. Yeah, it was floating between six and eight today. Um, gotcha. But, yeah, no, that that good little pickup for him there. Um, you know, let's talk Pitt, West Virginia real quick. Honestly, Nick and Pitt fans get mad at me. I don't care. You look at the box bar. I watched the condensed game. Pitt. You know, Pat Narduzzi was complaining about, oh, we weren't balanced under Mark Whipple and all this stuff. They had 76 yards of total rushing in this game. Where's the balance, Pat? They could not run the ball in this game. Keaton Slovis threw for 308 yards, which is good, but only one touchdown. Literally, their only t- I mean, they had two touchdowns rushing, so that's great. But that was by their leading rusher, Rodney Hammond, who had 74 yards on 16 attempts. But honestly, JT Daniels won this game for Pitt by throwing a pick six. Like, I would argue that West Virginia outplayed Pitt most of the game, watching the condensed game back. Obviously, I didn't get to watch it live. So that event flow, you don't get to see as much. But normally, you don't pick that up in terms of you think the team that lost should have won the game. But honestly, like, I'm a little scared about Pitt going, or not going, but hosting UT this weekend, Tennessee, because – they play like the way they did against West Virginia. I don't think they're going to win. I, I did not really like what I saw from them. They didn't look like a top 20 team, in my opinion. I hope I'm wrong. Maybe maybe West Virginia is a lot better than we think. I don't think that's the case. Um, you know, they Keaton Slovis, in my opinion, did not outplay JT Daniels. Uh, and they couldn't really run the ball very well. Again, when you take out sacks, technically they rushed for 96 yards of total offense. Um, but still, that's... That's kind of pathetic, if you ask me. On 38 attempts, you're averaging two yards a carry. Not great. Not great. If you want to – especially if, you're, if if Pat Narduzzi is emphasizing the whole we don't want to be like Mark Whipple and just throw the ball all year because, well, they weren't able to establish the run very well. That's a good West Virginia defense. They have a – good West Virginia has a solid defense. But, I mean, Tennessee's defense might actually be worse, so maybe they're able to establish something there. But this offense is also not producing at the level that I think is going to just be able to put up a ton of points every single week. So it's something to keep an eye on for sure when it comes to Pitt moving forward.
1: And, you know, it wasn't even, um, JT Daniels fault. I mean, the the pass was right in the receiver's hands. It just went, you know, it was there like that receiver could have caught that ball. Um, and i kind of blame it on the west virginia head coach not going for it on fourth and one you kind of put the game away there if you go for it on fourth and one instead of having to punt and giving pitt an extra possession to you know tie the game you could have really put it away especially when you have a running back that was almost averaging 20 yards a carry like that's not that's not me being that's not an exaggeration (laughs) like why aren't you using that why are you scared of not running your running back to get one yard like West Virginia I don't know what they're going to be like this year everyone's saying like they'll be lucky if they get bull if they get a bull game but you got to put your balls on the line sometimes like show that there's some life JT Daniels is a great quarterback don't you know waste it on a you know, pathetic team that doesn't take chances. Like, you could have taken a chance there. Um, and I'm sorry, but this game needs to be played more often. Or somehow, some way, West Virginia needs to be in the ACC. Like, that was amazing. That atmosphere at Pitt was awesome. I've never seen that stadium so ruckus, so packed, in my life. Like that was such a great atmosphere. So many West Virginia fans came to the game too. I mean, I saw all the videos of eat shit pit. Like, why has this game not been played for over 10 years? Why has this been taking so long? Like they need to play more or the ACC needs to get West Virginia into the conference because they fit so well. And guess what? They're going to play Virginia tech in a few weeks. I, I mean, this game was awesome. I loved it. I loved watching it. The rest of it on my phone. I wish I could watch the whole game, but the Backyard Brawl is one of the most underrated rivalries in college football, in my opinion. This needs to be happen more. Um if it makes you feel any better, Pitt,
0: if it makes you feel any better, they're playing every year now through 2025. So we got at least three more years of this.
1: And I can't wait for it. Um As for Pitt, uh, I am still nervous about Tennessee coming to town, so we'll preview that next episode. But I'm a little nervous for it. But that's all I got on this game. Just mainly play, get West Virginia in the ACC right now.
0: No. Yes. We will never, we will never agree on this one. We'll just agree to disagree. But we shall move on to a team that is in the ACC. Um, that I'm sure Nick would love to trade just to get them out of the ACC. Duke with a thirty to nothing win over Temple. Um, Duke's back. That's that's what no I've got. Confident. I, I, I mean, I mean, Temple's not good at all. But that was yeah. impressive by Duke. I, I watching watching it back, like again, I don't think Duke's going to be a bowl team. But I think what we saw from Duke is that, like, as a Virginia fan, I am not looking forward to them going to Durham this year any team that's going to Durham this year, or even has Duke for that matter, maybe in a trap spot. Like Mike Elko had that team, like he doesn't have a lot of talent, but they're very well coached. And Like they played a team of Temple where they probably had more talent or equal talent at the bare minimum, but because of the discipline they were able to roll them. So I was very impressed by that. Again, I don't think when it comes to talent in the ACC, I don't think a single team, including Georgia Tech, has less talent than Duke right now but their discipline could potentially, you know, get them to a four and eight, maybe even a five and seven. Like I was going through, like, I wouldn't put it past them to maybe knock off North Carolina. If North Carolina just kind of thinks they can roll into Durham and get that win, you know, I wouldn't put it past them, a Virginia tech, a Virginia, you know, heck even awake, maybe, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're sleeping on these guys, they have the potential to catch you, which I think is great for the ACC. Like I'm, after seeing this game, I'm excited for Duke Northwestern this week. I still don't think Duke's going to win, but I didn't think Duke had a fighting chance a week ago. And now at least I kind of go, well, they might be able to put up a fight in Evanston. So, you know, that's something that I think is exciting. We should all be excited for. I don't know if you want to add anything, Nick. If not, I'm ready to talk of the game that I was in person for.
1: I mean, just that Mike Elko was a nice little spark. If You go back to last year, the opening game, Duke lost to UNC Charlotte. And the game after, they struggled in the first half with North Carolina a and um, Basically, you're, you hit it the nail on the head. They're very disciplined. They looked great. They didn't make a lot of mistakes. And I think Mike Elko was a nice little spark to give this Duke program a little jolt of confidence. And I wouldn't put it past them to, you know, upset a team somewhere. Maybe it is Northwestern. Maybe it is a team in the ACC. Uh, but we'll see, but it's a nice little spark for Duke that they're not dead. I will say that they're not going to be a dead program this year.
0: Yeah, for sure. All right, let's talk. well, Nick, is this the most disappointing game in the ACC this week? I think it has to be, right? We're talking Virginia it's Tech. one of them
1: for sure. There's one, it's, gotta, it's one sure. of them.
0: I think it's got to be the most because this old Dominion team is not supposed to be very good. Um, you know obviously I understand Virginia Tech brand new head coach, all that turnover. Um, but Nick, I you watched this game, right? Were you able to watch this? Yeah, I was able to watch the second half. Yep, this oh, the first half may have been worse than the second half, to be honest. But, yeah, I know, <laughs> but dude, this game was awful. Like, it was so yeah. awful, it was beautiful, but it was terrible. I mean, all the minions only touchdown in the first half was, but actually, all the only touchdowns came off of turnovers one being a quite little snap over the kicker's head or the holder's head on a kick, and the other being, of course, an interception with four minutes left in the game. Grant Wells throws four interceptions, the transfer from Marshall. He is not good, Nick. He might be the worst quarterback in the ACC. Like, I mean that genuinely. I hope I'm wrong, because he showed upside at Marshall. But from what we've seen, I mean, I'm, I'm disappointed in Virginia Tech's play calling. They were, they, in my opinion, they had the line of scrimmage against Old Dominion, and they did not, they, they, they kind of tucked away from the running game. They trusted Grant Wells too much. I mean, for the fact that Old Dominion won this football game and their quarterback, and I just want to make sure I have the stat right, was 14 of 37 with no touchdowns. Their leading rusher had 53 yards on 18 attempts. Like Virginia Tech outplayed them all game long they just shot themselves in the foot it was very sloppy I mean again it was just like they they had no killer instinct they should have finished old Dominion and there's no argument of all oh, this was a hostile environment no it was I would argue more virginia Tech fans um it was just not it wasn't pretty I'm not gonna lie I enjoyed storming the field um but it's just I'm concerned man like i I, I can't wait for Virginia to lose to a four and seven Virginia tech team at the end of the season. But I mean, my goodness, man, this, that, I, I'm going to Virginia tech, Boston college. I think this weekend, depending on how my work schedule works out, I have to help my mom move some stuff on Sunday anyways. So I'm probably going to go since an eight o'clock game between Virginia tech and BC. Um, if they don't win that game, Nick, it's going to be a long season in Blacksburg in my opinion, because, I mean, they have to win at home in a night environment like that. I mean, they they should have won in Norfolk. It was – honestly, it was just disappointing, all-around disappointing.
1: Uh, Like, are you going to be disappointed when Old Dominion beats Virginia?
0: (laughs) Yeah, probably. (laughs) See, the crazy part was, Nick, like watching that game, I just walked away from both teams suck. Like, I was, so like yeah. I was going through, like, I would argue of the Sunbelt teams I saw this weekend, James Madison and Old Dominion, I thought James Madison was better. And Old Dominion beat a Power 5 team. Like, I saw a Virginia team that didn't look great against Richmond but still looked 10 times better than the Hokies did. It was just strange. It really was, like, I – like, Old Dominion like Old Dominion won that game. Like, their fans were excited. I'm just sitting there going, like, if I was a diehard Old Dominion fan, obviously I'd be amped to have beaten Virginia Tech. It's always huge for the program. But I wouldn't be like, oh, I don't think Old Dominion's a bowl team still. This might have been enough to put them over the hump because the Sun Belt, they got some easier games on their slate. So they, did, they had a pretty good crossover draw in the West. But, like, from what we saw this week, because we saw a lot of ACC Sun Belts, I don't think Old Dominion's going to beat App. I don't think Old Dominion is going to beat ECU this weekend. By the way, let me you know that Old Dominion goes to Greenville this weekend. Like, I don't think Old Dominion is just a lock to win these games. It's really disappointing that the, the of the three in-state games where it's, a, you know, an ACC team going on the road to an in-state group of five team, I think the worst group of five team is the one that got the win. And that's kind of frustrating in my opinion.
1: I 100% agree with you because – I mean, Old Dominion I don't think is going to be all that special this year. They'll be lucky if they get a bowl game. And they kind of expose like, a bad – an average to bad Sun Belt team, new to the Sun Belt, just exposed Virginia Tech. Like – Come on, or maybe Virginia Tech kind of exposed themselves because of and how these, many mistakes these, they and made. And these
0: two coaches know each other. Ricky Rainey, a former Penn State guy, versus Brent Pry, a former Penn State guy. Like, talent leans the Hokies. Like, yeah, they're, they, they lost a lot of guys to the portal. But, I mean, for goodness sakes, the best quarterback going into the game was Grant Wells. Because let's be honest, Old Dominion versus in the Conference USA last year, like, Brent, Brent Well or Brent Wells, excuse me, Uh, Wells was better than Hayden, whatever, Wolf, I think was his name from Old Dominion. Like if you're like, this is different in my opinion than what happened a few years ago when Virginia Tech got blindsided by Old Dominion. Like they knew this whole time. If the stealing thing is true, that is frustrating. I absolutely agree. And I will say security at Old Dominion was bad. I I think I I don't know if I told this story on the podcast or on the podcast on Twitter or not. I know I mentioned on my personal I, me and my buddy Jay were quite literally or not Jay, sorry, me and my buddy Brett were both just walking around the outside of the stadium and the buses for Virginia, Virginia Tech just happened to roll up right where we were standing. And I was like, they all, they opened the door and I'm standing right where it opened. And it's Brent Pry coming off the bus. I was literally able to say hello and shake his hand. I should not be shaking the hand of Virginia Tech's head coach. When I was just Joe Schmoe wearing an ETSU shirt, like, it was bad security there. Um, and like there were literally old dominion students walking through on the same walking path as where the Hokies were walking to get to their locker room from outside the stadium. Like it was, it was not well scripted. So I wouldn't be surprised one bit if someone just wandered in and stole some stuff. I still to this day feel like I could have walked on the field and got, and said I had, I could have probably used my ETSU credential to get me down on the field, to be honest with you. Um, you know, it was, it was pathetic. So, but if, 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 if Virginia Tech's trying to use that to get out of the series, that's a little pathetic, if you're asking me. Like, I know that's you know bad or whatever you might say. Oh well, they stole. That. That's that's a big deal. Uh, that that frustrates me to be honest. If that's what it is, like you're 0 and 2 there, go win one. Like, but anyways, I digress. Like, honestly, I will say, I was looking forward to Virginia Tech Boston College a week ago, and in a way, psychotically. I kind of am more excited for it because we're going to find out what teams probably eliminated from a bowl game week two this weekend in Blacksburg, and what should have been a dark horse maybe team in both divisions matchup it is now a who doesn't want to go bowling and not the coaches will be in the hot seat but I mean our our respect level you know on both sides especially from the Boston College side with Jeff Hafley. Like if they lose this game, they start the season 0 and 2 with losses to Rutgers and a Virginia Tech team that hasn't that really has very little pulse at this point. Not going to look good for the, what his program's trying to build to. So, you know, obviously we'll preview those games on Thursday. But yeah, I'm a little, a uh, little, little concerned about what we saw in Northfolk And I mean, I know I'm a Virginia fan. I did find it hilarious that they lost to Old Dominion. I was still kind of frustrated in the moment. And I will say, Virginia Tech fans, I respect a lot of you. The old Dominion fans, maybe more so students, not so much fans, were very disrespectful to all the Virginia Tech fans. So credit to them. I thought for sure I'd have to break up at least five to ten fights. Um, I mean, literally the opening kickoff after the national anthem, the students were chanting fuck Virginia, or fuck Tech, fuck Tech, like literally for like five minutes straight. Like, And they put the students right next to the Virginia Tech guest list within the end zone, which made no sense to me. So it was just a big old pissing match. It was just not well set up, I will say, by, by the old Dominion folks, but it was a great atmosphere nonetheless. But um, that's all I've got for the Friday games. Nick, anything else before we take a quick break? Um,
1: Tech, tech there's a good chance they could finish bottom of the Coastal now that we just kind of opened everything up on them. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if a well-coached Mike Elko team in Duke were to sneak one past them mm. um, if they don't figure it out quickly. So that might be an overreaction, but with how sloppy they looked, it's not a good start for the Brent Pry area or era. I'm sorry, era. Um, very concerning. And it will be even more concerning if I, I think Boston college is going to win just because I think they have the better quarterback and Grant Wells looks like garbage. Um, but they, they will struggle to get five wins, probably.
0: Yeah, makes sense. Awesome. Well, we'll take a quick break, and then we'll talk the Saturday, Sundays, and Monday games. And we're back. Well, let's just rip the bandaid off, Nick. Let's let let's talk it. Let, let's. This is this is this is a safe space for you, Nick. NC State 21, East Carolina 20, you won. At the end of the day, you escaped the the ship or whatever you want to call it, dowdy, rowdy, dowdy, alive. But by God, that was awful. What was that offensive play calling? What was that execution on offense? I mean, the defense played very well. If you don't have that defense, you lose this football game. Give you pretty much half the ACC's defense and you lose this game by a touchdown or more. Give you North Carolina's defense and you lose 70 to 30. I mean, that was just, yeah, and you won. But again, that was one of those I walked away from. Like, you hope to walk away from those games. Like, wow, that team that we played is actually better than we thought. I would argue I walked away from ECU is really not that good. But here we are. A win's a win. you are still ranked in the top 20 in the AP poll. But Nick, what are your thoughts on this one?
1: Ah, where do I begin? Um, I think in a way, State had some humble pie, and they needed that. Uh, but also, in a way, we got lucky. But I also think that ECU is going to be a good team this year. Um, and I said it earlier on fifth quarter NC State. I think I said it, or maybe I said it here live. I wish that bull game happened. For ECU versus Boston College, because I think I and NC State NC State fans would have seen how good this team has been starting since last year. They were seven and five. Um, they're they're to me a eight to nine win team. Uh, they have an experienced quarterback, a good quarterback, and I think Mike Houston is a good coach. And I remember saying it in April when the schedule was finalized for this season that going to Greenville is scary. This is our second win ever in Greenville. Ryan Finley didn't beat ECU at Greenville. Russell Wilson didn't beat ECU in Greenville. We have one win before this Saturday. Um, But I got to be honest, Micah, it looked terrible. That was uh, Devin Leary's worst game I've ever seen him play, besides maybe the Virginia Tech game he came into during the COVID season. Um, No, I'm sorry, the 2019 season. My fault, the 2019 season. Um, It was embarrassing. I'm glad that we got out of there. Uh, And... Being an NC State fan, we have been on the other side of this type of loss many of times against Clemson multiple times. Um, I saw a tweet. I think it was Barstool ECU, some ECU account, that said, I've never seen a team that lost on an extra point and a missed field goal ever. Buddy. Go look at the Gator Bowl 2020, because that's exactly what happened to us (laughs) against Kentucky. We make an extra point in a field goal. We win the we win the Gator Bowl in 2020. Okay, Um, so we've been on the other side of it many of times and it doesn't feel good to be on the other side of it. But thank God we were. I think there needs to be some cleanup on the offense. I think the defense is very good, especially the special teams. I mean, going into halftime at 21-7, to you're feeling great. Uh, Devin made a mistake throwing that interception in the fourth quarter. But honestly, I just – I don't get it. I I don't get it. Now, a lot of state fans and a lot of people, not just state fans, are saying that I think on the second time we were down the goal line, on third down – we did score that touchdown. His body was across the line. The ball made it pass. His knee was not down. And there are a lot of angles that proved that. That's fine. And, uh, but live action, like you got to make the call, whatever. But seriously, seven times inside the two, and we can't punch it in. We fumbled and then turn it down or turn it over on four, four downs. That's pathetic, man. Like we are, we have four guys on the offensive line returning and we can't punch it in one out of seven times. And and honestly, I wanted to kick the field goal. The second time we were down there on fourth down, I wanted to kick it. It will be a two score game with uh, three and a half minutes left, I think. Like that means ECU has to have the possession, have the ball twice. Why didn't we just kick the field goal? I would have been fine, absolutely fine, kicking the field goal, putting us up 24 to uh, what was it, 14. I would have been so fine with that. And this isn't even a story. It's not a story anymore if we had kicked the field goal. No one's saying NC State's overrated. They won by 10. ECU covered the spread by one, but hey, it's hard to play at ECU. That would be the narrative. But now the narrative is NC State got very, very lucky and they probably should have lost. Like, dude, Dave, come on. Kick the field goal. If it didn't work the first six or seven times, why would it work the seventh or eighth time? Like, kick the ball. We would have been up by two scores. Final score probably would have been 24-14. And it's a done deal. NC State's probably higher in the polls. No one's talking shit about them anymore. Um, I know a lot I'm defending NC State too. Like it's tough to play ECU. I know I'm taking a while on this. I'm sorry. But oh man, we got three games. We got three home games to figure out this offense. And we all know how good this offense can be with Devin and Uh, Thayer and our running backs look great. Like Jordan Houston looked good besides the fumble. Um, Our O-lines experience, Devin Carter's back, Porter Rooks, Julian Gray. Like these guys are great. They're awesome. But we have three home games, pretty easy home games to figure it out before they got to go to Death Valley in week five. Um, It's a wake-up call. And I hope they run the score against Charleston Southern and just clear off the bugs and dust off the rust. I don't know. It's tough, man, but that wasn't the ugliest game I've ever seen NC state play and come out with a win. That was uglier than the Liberty game in 2020 where we won 15 to 14. That was uglier. This was uglier than that. Um, I'm not, I still think this team can be very good. I think they can win the ACC championship. I'm just going to stick with first game jitters at ECU. We don't do well there, and we got lucky, but I think we will be fine. Give me your takes.
0: Wait, wait, this just in. ECU won the football game, according to all their fans on social media.
1: I know, right? Like <laughs> They think that they won. I've
0: never still. seen, like, ECU's Actual account tweets out not wallpaper Wednesday, but you need to save this as your wallpaper on that hit for the fumble. It's like, don't get me wrong, hype up what happened, but you lost the damn game. Like, (laughs) like,
1: (laughs) what? Like, did you see the new one? They have a new one where it's a frame of the entire landscape of the stadium. And, and it's, it's like buy this. a bunch of red. This...
0: <laughs> a bunch yeah, of red. Yeah, there's
1: a lot, there is a lot of red in the picture for sure. But it's like, dude, read the room. You guys lost still. You still lost. I feel bad for ECU's kicker, by the way. He's I... going through a rough time.
0: Yeah. I, I honestly like I want someone to make a meme that's like, at least we try, at least we didn't lose by 20. At least we covered, you know, like, oh boy.
1: But and the amount of wake fans in In the fifth quarter, NC State that I run, holy crap! You guys need to chill out because I don't honestly realize
0: who runs the account. Like our account is very pro Wake between your fifth quarter NC State and honestly fifth quarter ACC, and people think that we hate them. And it's like, or hear me out, we're not unrealistic about Wake. Yeah, like I've talked to Like last I Griffin. checked, Wake doesn't want Bama. Last I checked, Wake does yeah. not want Bama. <laughs> Maybe their like fans I, do, but the team does not want Bama.
1: <laughs> like I've talked to Griffin. Griffin runs Clutch Sports, Wake Forest, and you know, I respect him a lot. He's got, he he is the number one Wake Forest fan, like especially with how young he is, but I mean, I, I, on fifth quarter, NC State, I have talked positively about Wake Forest. I've talked great about Dave Clawson on that account. I think Wake is going to be really good. Um, but, oh, my God. Like, you give Wake Forest an inch with their success last season, they will take a freaking mile. Like, they they will be in NC State's mentions about this game. Like, I'm sorry. Wake loses that game at ECU They because we don't know. Ex- Wake's mm. team last year, because we, I'll say this. Mm.
0: I, 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 let me
1: digress a little bit. Cause we don't know about Wake's defense this year. Wake's team. If Wake Forest's team last year played at ECU this year, they probably lose mm. like that. D- Micah,
0: remember how
1: bad that defense was? ECU
0: isn't good, Nick. You have to accept that. Y'all played like dog water. You, the, you, yeah, this, NC, this NC State team loses to last year's Wake Forest team. The one that played on Saturday loses to last year's Wake Forest team. Not the actual team itself. Like their That team is better. But the team we saw on Saturday, the team that we saw on Saturday loses to Old Dominion yeah. on Friday night. The team that we saw loses to pretty much. They lose to Syracuse. They lose to Rutgers. They're going to lose to Virginia. Like your NC State Wolfpack look like a subpar group of 5 team this week.
1: Okay, that I agree, but I think maybe because I'm higher on ECU because I I've have, I've have been following ECU for quite a while basically because I've been in I I was on the radio with a host who went to ECU. And we've had Mike Houston on. And I bought into the hype. And I think they're going to have a great season this year. So that's why I'm kind of high on ECU this year. But I, I, I'm just saying, Wake Forest fans, you guys got to chill out because it's week one. It's week one. Oh, yeah. Chill yeah. out. Relax. But anything else you got on this game? Because I think, I think they can clear it up. I think the state offense can get it together. Uh, The defense looks good. Special teams look great, but I mean, this offense will get better, right? Like I think it's going to get better with these next three games coming up.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, again, NC state's getting the luck of the draw. I mean, they're getting a really bad Charleston Southern team this week. They're getting Texas tech without their starting quarterback. They got a, they 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 better figure it out. They got two weeks to figure it out. So they're lucky with the scheduling. They have UConn Hopefully. too. Oh yeah, and UConn. So yeah, they they have. And then what? It's Clemson after that. So yeah. you know, like you have plenty of time to work out some kinks. Like you just played. Well, Texas Tech might be better than ECU, but without Tyler Shuck, there's a chance that that's about an even playing field. And obviously, you're playing in Raleigh for that one. So, I would argue that they probably played their toughest game up till Clemson, of course. So this will give them some chance to work through the Kings. And again, I think NC State's going to respond well. And I don't think this team's bad. Like, I'm not saying that, but they got to have better performance than what they had this weekend. Let's talk a team that had a good performance, but a bad performance. With North Carolina, 63-61 to win over App. They shouldn't have let App State come back. They technically were underdogs, so it's an upset in that sense in the win column. But, by God, that defense is awful. This defense is worse than Virginia's defense last year. It's worse than Wake Forest's defense last year. Like, that secondary is brutal. Like, I understand. I I respect Chase Bryce, but he's not that good of a quarterback. Like, I mean, and you know what's blowing my mind, Nick? Nobody – I know we're not previewing this weekend. Nobody's talking about the fact that North Carolina's got to go to Georgia State this weekend. And I'm starting to get a little bit concerned that nobody wants to talk about that because they're like, oh, they beat a good app team. Georgia State's about as good as app, and you're going on the road again. Eventually, karma is going to catch up to you, or this defense, not even so much karma, this defense is going to catch up to you. Like Virginia, NC State, Syracuse, all there's a ton of teams in NC State, I think I think it dropped 50 to 60 on in North Carolina based off what we've seen. I mean, we saw a FAMU team that was depleted drop, what, 30 or whatever it was, 20-something? And they couldn't even put up more than three against Jackson State with more players this weekend. Like, I mean, a win's a win, and that's a big win. Doing that in Boone is impressive. Like, honestly, the North Carolina win is more impressive than what NC State did in in Greenville. However, this defense makes every North Carolina game Sweating game, like I would be sweating the Georgia State game this weekend. I would be sweating Notre Dame, Virginia, Virginia Tech, heck, even Duke. Like, I don't want to talk too much about it because we, we can just beat the dead horse about what North Carolina's defense is at the end of the day. My takeaways are that defense is awful and they need to fix it ASAP. But honestly, I take back what I said last week Drake May is good, Drake May is very good. He might be the best quarterback on the state of North Carolina in two years he he arguably could be the best quarterback depending on how Sam Hartman responds to you know obviously his minor setback and based off what we've seen from Devin Leary just in one week Drake May currently is the best quarterback on the state of North Carolina again don't think that's how it's going to end but he has looked phenomenal he looks better than Brennan Armstrong I think he looks better than any quarterback in the ACC right now to be completely honest with you he looks fantastic
1: You have those games on the schedule where you circle and you say, This is good. This game right here is going to make or break your season. And most of the time, that's in the beginning of the season. For NC State, it happened week one. Like you circle ECU, whatever happens, that's going to make or break your season. Um, I think with Pitt, Tennessee or Pitt, West Virginia, I think Pitt's got a lot of games that they can circle. North Carolina. This was their game that they circled on the schedule. And they said, This is going to make or break our season. Now, I don't know if they're going to be, you know, a seven and five, eight and four team. I don't think that at all. Like that defense is terrible, terrible. But they got the win in terms of Vegas odds that it is an upset for sure. It is not hard. I'm sorry, it is not easy to go play up in Boone. It's not. Like, I've been there. I went in 2017 when Wake was up at Boone. And I saw the block at the Rock. That's a scary place, man. It is insane. And it broke the record for attendance. Like, it's a crazy, crazy place. So I'll give credit to North Carolina that. Going up there and winning. And I'm sorry, but... That defense is so bad, man. They let 40 points be scored on in the fourth. They let 40 points happen in the fourth quarter. 40, 40 points in the fourth quarter. That to me is wild. That's insanely bad. Insanely bad. Like, I agree with you. This defense is worse than Wake's last year, Virginia's last year. Um, but this kind of made their season. Like if they start off one and one you're thinking, man, like we'll be lucky if we get a bowl game now that you're two and zero, oh, you got past app, but dude, you're going, you're right. You're We're not previewing it, but you're going to Georgia state. And they hung in with a upstart South Carolina team this weekend down in Columbia. So we'll see, but it's a good win. It's a W they escaped Boone. Um, and I think they could probably end up 6-6, six and 7-5 six, and five come the end of the season. But they, that defense, man, there are a lot of good offenses in, in you know, the ACC. They got to play Wake and State. Like, it's going to be tough. And Virginia. That will expose them even more.
0: Yeah. All right. What we're going to do now, we're going to quickly go through. I don't want to spend a lot of time. We've actually gone pretty long already. Um, we're at the hour mark, and we still have some important games to talk about. Virginia Beach, Richmond, thirty-four to seventeen. Virginia's defense still doesn't look great; very bendy, didn't break, but it was Richmond offense. Honestly, should have put up forty-eight, but some drops, um, some bad, just bad decisions um, by some receivers. So, but again, wins a win. Miami destroys Bethune-Cookman. They look like they're Potentially ramping up to make a run. I think they could give Texas AM a run for their money in a couple of weeks. Um, and then, you know, Syracuse beats Louisville 31 to 7, um, and Rutgers beats Boston College 22 21. I mean, my takeaway from Boston College is I, I hope that Rutgers is better than we thought, um, and that Boston College is able to just kind of bounce back here soon. Um, you know, obviously, Boston College lost their bowl game last year, Rutgers, in terms of not being able to play it. Rutgers played Wake in the Gator Bowl. I think that was a huge momentum piece for Rutgers just to even say that they played in it, um, you know, and Boston College should have won that game. They, they choked it down the stretch. Um, but, you know, really, I, I think I more of what I have to say about Boston College will be addressed when we preview the Virginia Tech game later this week. Uh, but is there anything you want to add on that game real quick?
1: Rutgers-Boston College? Yeah. Um, I just, yeah, I agree with you. I hope that Rutgers is better than we think and that that program is turning around and they just caught Boston College napping. Um, But we'll see. I hope they, I hope Boston College doesn't become like the bottom of the Atlantic. Um Did you want to talk about anything, anything else from Syracuse,
0: Louisville? Something's got to be wrong with Louisville. Like, I think, Dude, it's bad. I, I think what we saw with Syracuse was impressive. And I'm not trying to just, to like, discredit anything that they did. I think Syracuse could be next year's, or this past year's Virginia. In terms of this offense, could be very explosive. I think Garrett Schrader, like I mentioned, I think working with Robert and I and Jason Beck could be huge for that program. I think they're going to take a huge step forward. I think they're going to go to a bowl game. But in what world should Louisville be dominant? Malik Cunningham looked awful. Awful. Like he was more disappointing than Grant Wells was from Virginia tech in terms of expectations. Just, I mean, this was a, this was just like, I remember I was getting score updates. And I was like, what the heck is going on at dome? So Louisville's got UCF on Friday night. There's a chance we're talking about Louisville and Scott Satterfield on the, like Scott Satterfield might be on the hottest of seats. If they lose pretty badly on, if they lose like this on Friday night on national TV at the bounce house and UCF, We might be talking about Louisville. And, and Scott Satterfield on the hot seat and he's got a recruiting class that currently looks pretty darn good so that was something to take note of anything else you want to add about that
1: I mean I we both you kind of convinced me and I'm glad I was convinced uh, we both picked Syracuse to win this game but I didn't think that Syracuse would come out that well and Louisville that bad because I picked them to be my dark horse this year um, and that I mean, I knew that – I you convinced me that Syracuse was going to win, and I could see how they were going to win with Sean Tucker and company and Derek Schrader, but, my God, that was awful. And Louisville – I mean, they got UCF, they got Kentucky, they got the rest of the Atlantic to play. Holy crap. It's going to be tough being bowl eligible. It's going to be tough for them. I could see it happen, but after – Saturday night's performance. That's kind of tough to imagine. But hey, Scott, at least the, the airport is three minutes away from you. So
0: yeah, true. Very, very true. All right. Before we talk Sunday, because I think that's a more important game. Let's talk Monday real quick. I think we walk away from the Clemson, Georgia Tech game with his everything. At least I walked away the same way I expected it to go. Clemson was a better team. DJ Oyungele, honestly, looks better. He looks better than he did last year. He looks good, but k Clubnik that drive definitely opens the conversation for more. Uh, I still think DJ Oyungele is who you should roll with for now, but I wouldn't be surprised if k Clubnik's the spark for Wake or for State in a couple weeks. Um, I mean, Georgia Tech on its end, it's probably going to be another long year, but they don't look awful. Again, I'm a little frustrated that they, they weren't competitive, but I mean they were for three quarters. And you know, as this is a Georgia Tech team that just doesn't really have much going forward on offense. And that was that was the big piece that obviously when we talk about going from the triple option, that was the biggest uphill battle for Jeff Collins. The seats probably getting warmer. Um, if they struggle with Western Carolina, it's probably scorching hot. But honestly. I don't have too much to talk about with this game because it kind of went in a way as I expected. Um I thought DJ looked
1: average. I think uh, a lot of his receivers uh didn't help his cause. There were a couple and of drop offensive passes. Line,
0: that, that one time I forgot to add yeah. the offensive line. There's some question marks in terms of this is a potential playoff contender not looking great.
1: Yeah, that often they did not do a good job protecting DJ at all. So I'll give DJ the benefit of the doubt of looking semi mediocre to average because of the drop passes, because of the O line. Um, also, because I think Georgia Tech's defense showed up and they were really good. Like they looked amazing in that first half. And if it weren't for some boneheaded plays like, the blocked punt or anything else like dude georgia tech's o-line like my god they killed so much momentum like i would have believed that georgia tech could have taken the lead at one point in the game if their o-line didn't cause so many penalties and they didn't allow any sacks, I don't think. Like, they did a good job protecting Jeff Sims. But, oh, my God, they just killed Georgia Tech's momentum with penalties. Like, in the first half, they had, like, four false start penalties that killed their drives. Um, Jeff Sims, I think, looked good. Uh, I think in the first half, he looked really good, minus the brutal, ugly first play interception i mean he came back and was poised he was calm he looked like he was controlling everything he looks like a great great leader out there he really does and if it weren't for i guess playing clemson and georgia tech screwing up the everyone else on georgia tech screwing things up on his offense because his wide receivers had some drop passes too I think Jeff Sims could be a potential top five quarterback in the ACC. Like he looked that good and he looked like a leader out there. Like he had control for a while. If his team wasn't shooting himself themselves in the foot. Um, But I think they kind of turned a corner a little bit. They have to clean some stuff up and I'm sorry. One more, one last thing on this game, Jeff Collins, what are you doing with the timeouts, man? That was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Like, you get the ball back. No, I forgot what happened at the end of the first half where they had, they punted. At, no, Clemson punted the ball. They have 43 seconds left and a timeout, and they just let the clock run. I, I don't understand that. And then you use all three timeouts in the third quarter. Like, if you want to make this thing close, you got to keep your timeouts. If it is going to be close, eventually wasn't. But there were some, some questionable decisions, boneheaded decisions that Jeff Collins made uh, that I just simply don't have an explanation for. Like, you could have at least kicked a field goal at the end of the first half and been within four points, I think. So, I don't know. it. it it there were some great glimpses for sure on Georgia tech, but um, Clemson also does need to clean up some stuff too.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. Well, we'll see moving forward. What we got from the C2 teams who both play FCS teams, both from the SOCON, which is a conference I work in now. So I'll be, I'll be watching those games. Cause I'm curious how Furman handles Clemson and Western Carolina handles Georgia tech. Actually fun fact, not that it matters, but, uh, I hope Clemson beats Furman into the ground because my beloved ETSU Buccaneers host Furman the following week. So uh, Tigers by 100 this coming weekend. (laughs) Um, But anyways, you know, Florida State LSU. Nick, we were right. You go first. I wanted to say we were right. We were right. We were right. Um, My God, they tried to lose that game so quickly. But Florida State's not back. But this is a bold team. I'm saying it right now. you've, I mean, I know that you heard it here first, but they're going bowling. They're going bowling. This team is going to be a team that's going to be in the thorn of the side of every team in the Atlantic. They're going to be on the side of their in-state rivals, both Miami and Florida. This is a team that that shows a lot of promise. And honestly, Nick, and you're you're probably going to disagree with me. Mike Norvell can go five and seven. He's not on the hot seat. He's not getting fired. There, This game showed so much potential. For the future the only way i could see this even coming close to a hot seat situation is if they lose by 50 in all those seven games but this team is not going to lose like they're, they're going to be a six and six team at at, at worse and they are looking very very good and like i know it's it's frustrated they almost lost that game first off ball doesn't lie That was inbounds that game should have been over should have never even came down to that play and i've locked extra point but also if they just execute like Normal Florida State that doesn't execute by scoring twice in the red zone, and inside the own five, not even just the red zone, but inside their own five, normally loses the game. But they found a way to win. And it was and, and it wasn't like you know, blocked extra points, in my opinion, count as your effort plays. That's not the other team making a mistake. That is you making them make a mistake. So I'm impressed. I can't wait to see what's next. Uh, I can't remember who's on the docket. I think they it a bye week for them this week. Yeah, because they're two and zero, and they're two and zero. I mean, they're already not halfway there, but they're a third of the way there. I mean, they've got what? I think week three is, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, Louisville on a Friday night. I mean, there's there, there's a chance, Nick. We're talking four and zero Boston or four and zero Florida State hosting Wake in a couple weeks in October. So. I mean, I'm impressed. What do you have to say? We have about eight minutes for our Zoom call ends, so the floor is yours. Uh, I
1: think that these were just two mediocre teams playing each other. I mean, you could kind of tell in the game. Um, I think this is a huge step forward for Mike Norvell. This is the corner he had to turn for this Florida State program. Um I said it that if he gets killed against uh, a an LSU team that I had no faith in going into this season, I think Chip Kelly does not fit well into that
0: program. Brian Kelly. I Brian mean, you Kelly.
1: could. Oh, I'm sorry, Brian Kelly. I have Chip Kelly on my head because I had, saw the UCLA stands, which was embarrassing, Benfrey. and he used to coach the Niners.
0: That's but actually anyway. why. That's actually why they canceled the the game last year. There's still social distancing from that potential COVID outbreak. They had. <laughs> um, they're just being extra precautious. You know, the, the guys got COVID yeah. back in back in December in San Diego, so they just they want to make sure that everyone stays safe at the Rose Bowl in 100 degree heat, where the bacteria, where that that infection is said to be killed by the temperatures. But you know, I, I digress yeah.
1: nonetheless. Um. But yeah, I called it. Like, I don't think uh, Brian Kelly's a good fit. And he showed it in his inter- first half interview. Like, oh, I don't <laughs> know why i my- Did you
0: see his interview today? You see what's been trending on Twitter since we've been recording? No, no, I haven't. What did he I say? I guess the reporter showed up late to the interview. And he's like, I, yeah. uh, you know, it'd be nice if y'all showed up on time. And the lady clapped back saying, I think it was a lady. It was either a lady or I didn't actually listen to the clip yet, but I've just seen all the tweets. But the reporter clapped back, I'd show up on time when you win football games welcome to the sec Brian Kelly. <laughs> oh
1: my God. Good for them. Good for those reporters. Honestly,
0: I, honestly, I'm not a huge fan of that. I don't think it's professional. And like, you know, if you show up late to your, no, wife, no, you no, no, no. no. I'm, I'm, I'm
1: happy about it. I'm happy about but. it. Cause you know why I hate Brian Kelly so much. I think he's <laughs> the biggest jerk in college football. He is uh, like, and uh, also okay. he's a murderer. He, he He's a murderer. Everyone knows it. He's a murderer. Oh, but,
0: bringing back the, uh, bringing back the, the student intern. Okay.
1: Yeah, I'm bringing I'm it back. Like that. he he's not a nice dude. Like it's not an no- unknown secret. He's not a nice dude in college football. Um so I'm happy that that reporter clapped back. Good for them. Uh anyway, uh back to the game. I knew LSU wasn't going to be that good this year and I thought that there was going to be a lot more heat on Mike Norvell if he doesn't compete with an LSU team that I don't think is good because it's Mike Norvell's third year. And he did a great job. He did a fantastic job. There were some mistakes, but Hey, first game jitters in new Orleans, like it's going to happen. Um, They need to execute better, but they, they could be a bowl team for sure. I think they, I see seven, six wins there without a doubt. They are going to be the thorn, like you said, in everybody's sides in wake in state in Clemson, even in Florida uh, and Miami. Like, they are going to be a pain in the ass, for sure. Um, So, Florida State, congrats. You're not back, but you're not dead. Like, you're not 0-4 last year. You're respectable. You're going to be a thorn in everybody's sides. Um, But, my God, good good on you, that reporter. I'm so happy that that happened. So happy. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I digress, Micah. Good, good job, Knowles. Good job, Knowles. That was awesome. That that was such a great game too. Like that was so exciting. What a what a, what a I love college football, man. I love college
0: football. Yeah, it was great. Uh, I'm intrigued to see what week two will bring us. I mean, looking at the slate, uh, there's some underrated good games. I mean, Pitt, Tennessee, Virginia, Illinois. I mean, Boston College, Virginia Tech is going to be good. Uh, Louisville, UCF has potential. You know, Miami, if they beat up Southern Miss again, that would be kind of cool. I mean, Wake Forest and Vanderbilt, it still scares me. I mean, I know Sam Hartman's back. I know it's Vandy, but Vandy's got momentum right now. And, you know, it is definitely concerning. It's a big narrative game for the ACC. Uh, Duke is good. North Carolina, Georgia State's going to be good. And we have a good week again ahead of us.
1: I have a friend who actually used to work for us at the deli. Um, He goes to Wake, he's a senior, and he's going to the Vanderbilt game. And I said, dude, this might be the only chance Wake has to um, take over an opponent's stadium. Except maybe Duke, but that would be pretty funny. That would be hilarious. So I told him, let me know if there are more Wake fans than there are Vanderbilt fans. There won't be.
0: There won't be. I hope I'm wrong, but there won't be. But yeah. that's all I've got, Nick. As always, thank you for listening, everyone. Look forward to previewing the games on Thursday night, and uh, remember, it just means less here in ACC country. So go ACC! And oh, by the way, congratulations, ECU, on your on your victory. I've officially accepted it. That'll be my final sign off. Go ACC!
1: Super Bowl champs. A-C-C! 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 A-C-C!